Hello, everyone, and welcome to Watch and Walk podcast with Ebenezer. This podcast aims at inspiring you to trust in God and obey His Word every day. Be edified as you listen to this exhortation. Hello, friend. This is Ebenezer. I trust that you are being kept by God's grace. This week, I'm going to share with you the fourth part of my conversation with James, one of the leaders of the first century church. In this part, I ask him to elaborate on his views on the right use of the tongue and effective prayer. And please note that the role of James is played by Taylor Shippey, who is a Master of Divinity graduate of Baylor's Truett Seminary and the pastor of Gibbon Baptist Church in Gibbon, Nebraska. Here is the fourth part of our interaction. The right use of the tongue. What, what do you say about that? And how should a Christian use the tongue? Yes, this is something that uh, I'm very passionate about. If you read my letter, I bring it up multiple times. I believe the mark of a wise person is the ability to control their speech. I didn't make this up, mind you. This has crossed all the wisdom literature of the ancient world, Gentile and Jewish. There was a consensus that the ability to control your tongue was a sign of a wise person. If you were to open up the book of Proverbs, you would be seeing the same thing, that Uh, A wise or godly person is able to use their tongue. But unlike other moralist and wise people in my time who warned of the difficult uh, control of speech, believed it possible to bring speech in line with reason and virtue, I will flatly say that it is impossible to control our speech. I believe the tongue is some sort of independent agent, almost out of our control, as it were. It boasts of great things that all humans are afflicted with this same sinful curse, that no one can escape it. But it seems to me that human perfection in this life is impossible because there is no way to tame the tongue. Because, as as I think, that there is an enormous impact on our spiritual condition, the way that we speak. Hmm. Hmm. So, um, for us, knowing that we, it is very difficult to tame the tongue uh, what would you what, what would be your advice for us to use the tongue well what, what would be your advice uh, for those of us who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ well I list some examples of negative ways to use the tongue and so perhaps maybe that we can start there maybe we can start yeah. with not adhering to these things I speak of claiming that one's temptations are from God we don't say that We don't greet with flattery the rich in our congregations or the powerful in our congregations to the scorn of the poor. Mm. We don't use superficial speech of those who claim to have faith even without deeds. May our, what we practice, what we preach, as we can Mm. maybe say. We do not curse those made in the image and likeness of God. On the one hand, we don't lop praises to our Lord, but on the other hand, we do not curse those made in the image and likeness of God. We do not judge or slander a brother or sister. We don't boast of plans for the future. We don't know what the future will hold. We also do not grumble against brothers and sisters. But maybe we can even go as basic. What does the Old Testament say? What does uh, Scripture tell us? Mindless chatter, lying, arrogant boasting, 
gossip. We avoid those things, but perhaps maybe for us, maybe it's just a reality check to know that our words have impact. You have a saying in your time that maybe is set on playgrounds across your nation by school children. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. In reality, Mm -hmm. the reverse of that statement is true. It is far easier to heal wounds caused by sticks and stones, but the damage caused by words sometimes almost irreversible. Hmm. So may we take that to heart. And as I understand it in your time and in your day and age, you have a way more ability to use your tongue than I did in my own time. We only can just, we had to talk face to face with individuals and we were just being able to write letters to individuals. Your day and age, you have access to people across the entire globe, almost instantaneously. How do you use your language, not only in person, but also in digital spaces? Mm-hmm. I I speak of perhaps speech, if I can use a metaphor from your time, as a barometer of our spirituality, as an indicator of our sanctification as a way. Our Lord Jesus Christ taught in Matthew chapter 15, He seemed to speak of it this way, and I'm only passing along what our Lord taught. It's not what that goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person, which is including evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. What is in our hearts is best expressed with our mouth, and perhaps that's why the mouth is perhaps the deadliest parts of our bodies. Hmm. Wow. Um, There is one point that I believe you can speak to very well, one practice. In your view, what what would make God not heed one's prayer? And just also talk talk about what can make prayer effective. I add a qualifier to prayers that we want to be answered by God. I say prayers offered prayers in faith. In the specific context that I'm talking about in my letter, I speak to prayers for healing. Hmm. Earlier, I had told believers that if you ask for wisdom from God, they must ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. But I want to preface, this prayer in faith can easily be distorted, insisting that believers simply needs to have enough faith in order to receive healing from God. That's not what I'm saying. Because there's a devastating result of this line of thinking that believers not only will not have their prayers answered, but they'll also have this guilt of having a lack of faith. And this is not what faith looks like, and this is not what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Praying in faith delicately wrestles with the reality of God's sovereignty. The faith exercised in prayer is faith in the God who sovereignly accomplishes his will. When we pray, our faith recognizes, whether explicitly or implicitly, the overruling providential purposes of God. We may at times be given insight to that will, enabling us to pray with absolute confidence in God's plans, but most of the time, that is a rare occurrence. When we pray for healing, then, we must recognize that we are trying to pray for what is in alignment with God's will, because God's will is supreme, and God's will is ultimately what is best. Because sometimes we see that God does not always answer our prayer for healing. 
And so when we say, when we say in Jesus's name, amen, at the end of our prayers, we're not simply uttering his name. What we're saying is that we are praying all of this, recognizing that our Lord Jesus Christ's will and agenda be done in our prayers. Only those requests prayed Hmm. with faith will be granted. Hmm. I hope you were blessed by this interaction. Next week, God willing, please make a date with me for the final part of our conversation. Until then, may God bless your reflection on this one in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Watch and Walk Podcast with Ebenezer. Watch and Walk Podcast comes to you this and every Wednesday. To get notifications of new episodes, please subscribe. This podcast is brought to you by Watch and Walk Ministry. Visit us at watchandwalk.org to learn more about this ministry. God bless you.